turban, was seated by an open window. She rose and curtsied as the doctor entered and dropped into a willow rocking chair near her own. How did this happen, Jane? he asked in a subdued voice, adding with assured severity, You ought to have taken better care of your mistress. Now look here, Dr. Price, returned the old woman in an unctuous whisper. You don't want her come talking none of your foolishness about my not taking care of Miss Livy. She never would have said such a thing seven or eight months ago when she sent for me. I says to her, says I, Lord, Lord, honey, you don't tell me that after all these long weary years of wanting the good Lord has done heard your prayer and is going to send you the child you've been wanting so long and so bad. Bless his holy name. Will I come and nurse your baby? Why, honey, I nursed you and nursed your mammy through her last sickness and laid her out when she died. I wouldn't let nobody else nurse your baby. And moreover, I'm going to come and nurse you too. You're a young side of me, Miss Livy, but you're overly old to be having your first baby, and you'll need somebody round, honey. One knows all about the family and their ways and their weaknesses, and I don't know who that'd be if it wa not me. Deed, Mammy Jane, says she, there ain't nobody else I'd have but you. You can come as soon as you want to and stay as long as you mind it. And here I is, and here I gwine to stay. For Miss Livy is my old mistress's daughter, and my old mistress was good to me, and there ain't none of her folks gwine to suffer if old Jane can help it. Your loyalty does you credit, Jane, observed the doctor. But you haven't told me yet what happened to Mrs. Carteret today. Did the horse run away, or did she see something that frightened her? No, sir, the horse didn't get scared or nothing, but Miss Livy did see something. Or somebody, and I want no fault of mine nor her neither. It goes further back, sir, further than this day or this year. Does you remember the time when my old mistress, Miss Livy, upstairs, Mammy, died? No? Well, you was probably away to school then, studying to be a doctor, but I tell you all about it. When my old mistress, Miss Elizabeth Mercale, and a good mistress she was, Took sick for the last time. Her sister Polly, old Miss Polly Ockletree, what is now, come to the house to help nurse her. Miss Livy upstairs yonder was about six years old and the sweetest little angel you ever laid eyes on. And on her dying bed, Miss Elizabeth asked Miss Polly for to stay here and take care of her child. And Miss Polly, she promised she was a widow for the second time and didn't have no children and could just as well come as not. But there was trouble after the funeral, and it happened right here in this library. Ma Sam was sitting by the table when Miss Polly come downstairs, slow and solemn, and stood there in the middle of the floor, all in black till Ma Sam saw the cheer for her. Well, Samuel, says she, now that we've done all we can for poor Elizabeth, it only remains for us to consider Olivia's future. Ma Sam nodded his head, but didn't say nothing. I don't need to tell you, says she, that I am willing to carry out the wishes of my dead sister and sacrifice my own comfort and make myself your housekeeper and your child's nurse. For my dead sister's sake, it was her dying wish, and on it I will act, if it is also yourn. Ma Sam didn't want Miss Polly to come, sir, for he didn't like Miss Polly. He was scared of Miss Polly.